0: So, I am here to do this brief introduction to kind of give you a briefing on what it is that I will be speaking about on my podcast. I'll be talking about herbs that are not really um, mainstream. But you know, like lavender and sage and peppermint and, you know, those type of herbs that are pretty much mainstream, um, not taking anything from those herbs because they are just as beautiful, magical, and medicinal as any other herb. However, they are things that we just kind of fall into when we're learning our herbs for the first time. Well, I like to talk about things that we have not really ventured off into, like hops and pennyroyal and mullen and mugwort and uh, blue spirulina and you know those type of things things that don't really get talked about so much Um, I'd like to dig deep and dive a little deeper into those things Um, that will be that's going to be what it is that I will be talking about. So I just wanted to give you guys a small briefing of that. My name is Sunday Speaks. Um, I've been working with herbs and medicine and spiritual work for the last 15 years. Herbs maybe for the last 10. And so um, for me to dig a little deeper, I'm learning with you all. Because when I started out, I started out working with the basic herbs, like I mentioned. Sage and lavender and rosemary and, you know, peppermint. And those type of herbs that are basic, you know, traditional herbs. However, the untraditional, the ones that we don't speak about, the ones, the roots that we don't get to talk about. Those are the things that I am looking forward to talking about. I'm very much so looking forward to talking about that. So I just wanted to uh, come and just share that with you all and let you know that hey, this is gonna be, it's gonna be, it's this is gonna be uncut. There's no. Um, ain't no overtakes and if there's bloopers there's bloopers because i'm just talking straight from the hip at this point i'm not trying to make do nothing professionally i'm just speaking straight in general straight from my hip um some of the information that i give from i reference the books because i have a ton of books so um yeah, I'm quite excited about this. So, I look forward to, you know, feedback. I look forward to educating. I'm going to say this and of every single segment that I do, I'm going to say this: do not Do not, I repeat, do not use any information that I'm giving to you as a diagnosis. It is not, baby, it is not. I'm not here to cure you. I'm here to educate you. So if you hear about any herbs that you may be interested in, go on ahead and do your own research. Contact your physician. Let them know that you're thinking about adding something else to your diet and then that way, it won't be something that, you know, you didn't know nothing about. Don't take my word for nothing. Just listen to what I'm saying and then do your own Research. Do your own research, and again, consult your physician before you start taking any of these herbs that I'm talking about. Because, and do your own research. I have to put that disclaimer in there because I don't want nobody to be like, "Oh, Sunday speaks told me to take this, and then end up developing a rash or some shit." No, 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 no. You don't get to do that to me, honey. So, disclaimers, disclaimers, disclaimers. Always do your disclaimers. But all right. Peace and blessings to you all. And I will be back with my first segment soon, real soon. Peace and blessings to you all. Have a peaceful, beautiful evening. That can very well be the problem when you're working with herbs. You've got to taste these things for yourself. Just like last night with the comfrey. Um, there's tons of things that I said, but you gotta experience these things for yourself. You gotta do your own research. You gotta figure it out for yourself. You gotta try it for yourself so you can figure out what certain things are. See, I had never, ever tried this particular herb before. However, tonight will be the very first time that I'm trying it. And from all of my research, I know I'm not about to taste nothing sweet. That herb is wild cherry bark. Yay! Yes, wild cherry bark. So before I begin the segment, let me do my disclaimer because I like I I just said it. You got to do your own research. So this is not remedy, I mean not a prescription. I'm not a doctor. All I'm doing is sharing information with you all, educating you all on things that I am learning just as you are learning. When I am doing these these herbs, this I'm learning all of this information. For the first time, I'm working with herbs that I have never, ever really worked with but have heard of, and I would love to work with some that I've never heard of too, but anyway, I am not a doctor, this is not, this is not for you to take and go and run with it and use it, anything that you decide to put into your body, I don't care what it is, do your own research and consult a physician first, okay, so bottom line, I ain't gonna say no more, let's get started started hey anyway wild cherry bark man what is it not to say this particular herb which is the bark of a cherry blossom tree y'all yeah you know them cherry blossom trees that be growing out when so you don't really see them in, in certain neighborhoods i'm sorry you just really don't you see them like in sometimes you see them in like the like the areas where there's beautiful homes or something where a person probably planted it because they wanted something beautiful to grow in front of their house. And then every now and then you might stumble across one, you know, here and there, but that tree that has that purple, those purple, um, I mean, those pink flowers on it. It's very, very pretty. and, and, And the interesting thing about it is I always thought that a cherry tree was those burgundy trees, you know, those deep, dark burgundy trees that grows those little fruits on them that look like cherries? No, that's a cherry plum tree. I had no idea. I just found that out today. Um, but anyway, that wild cherry blossom tree, um, grows abundantly in certain areas. And I'm going to read some of that stuff, um, as I'm talking to you right now, tonight, uh, last night, I forgot to reference some of the websites that I was on and I want to kind of make things kind of ethical. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we're doing podcasts and stuff or whatever, you know, we want people, other people to get, you know, some recognition, especially if they've done all the research or whatever. I'm doing some research, don't get me wrong, but there's other research, research that I'm finding from other people. Maybe you might want to go on one of these websites and check some things out. I have no problem with, um, with opening my floor and giving people credit where credit is due. So I'm going to make sure I reference tonight. Reference, reference, reference. Um, So um, cherry blossom tree grows in the springtime. And the flowers are... um, usable but the leaves I hear are toxin so you don't want to drink the leaves you just want to drink if you're going to use the, the flowers you can use the flowers and for the most part it's the bark that you'd like to have and it's not the outside of the bark so you see the tree and the trunk and it has that that scab around it because your tree trunk is just like skin well I shouldn't say skin, scab I'm gonna say skin so it has skinned around it but you know what <laughs> the subjects right here i change changing subjects just a tiny bit one thing about the cherry bark tree is that if you if it gets cut it grows back a scab like a uh, a scab that almost looked like a dark dark blood so it's it's man it's alive so anyway what you um want to do is you want to take off the skin the the top layer of the skin and get in the top layer of skin it, it does have some medicinal components but not as much as the um the inner meat. So if you like, you know, I ever see a a cherry blossom tree and you want to cut from it, first of all, you're going to ask the cherry blossom tree if it's okay for you to take a piece of its bark. And then you proceed. And so you want to cut the top layer off take that you know take that too because that's good stuff and then go inside and take the inner meat part of the cherry blossom tree so that'll give you all your medicinal components now i'm gonna go look for me a cherry blossom tree tomorrow um i may not find one because you know spring is almost over and Yeah, it's almost over. But anyway, um, I'm still going to go look for one out in Warner Creek or Brentwood area or something like that. You know, sometimes you find things like that in Oakley or or, um, even Concord. But I'm going to go the Brentwood area way. But anyway, um, wild cherry blossom helps with spasmodic coughs. So if you're having any type of whooping cough, or if you're having some type of cold in your chest and you just you can't get it out, what it will do with the whooping cough if you're having whooping cough is relax the muscles to help you to be able to get some rest because we all know that. Coughing, for the most part, happens in the nighttime when you're laying down. Here comes this motherfucking cough cutting up or your asthma cutting up. And I don't know what that is. It's, it's crazy. I think it just has a lot to do with the body relaxing and the, the 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 muscles or the chest and the lungs, you know, just finally being able to relax. And then they start to compress because they're so, you know, they're so relaxed. I'm, I, that's what I'm thinking. Because when you're up and you're about, they're open. This is is just a hypothetical thought. You know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really know. And I'm just thinking from the top of my head. But anyway, what this wild cherry blossom does is it helps with coughs. Um, It helps with the whooping cough. And then if you have some cold in your chest and you're not coughing, if you drink some of that, it'll help you cough up that nasty phlegm. So that's a really, really... um, this is a really really good uh bark to have and I'm not sure if kids can have it or not I'm going to do some research while I'm I'm on this uh podcast right now and I'll find out at the very end let me write that down so I'll know to um to look it up um what people usually do with it to for it is you can drink it as a tea but a lot of people make a um a tincture or make a syrup out of it. They combined it with another herb called whorehound and, um, and other herbs as well. Cause it talks a little bit about that in this, uh, on this website that I'm going to be reading from. Um, but, uh, whorehound will be another herb that I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about it today, but I said, no, I'm not going to talk about whorehound. I'm going to talk about, uh, wild cherry blossom. Um, But anyway, some people like to make it, and I've never made any, but I would love to make some so I can know which way I would like to do it. Um, I personally would like to maybe try it, um... Unboiled. So some people, what they do is they boil it down. They boil it down um, until they can extract all of the medicinal components out of it. But what people don't realize is that when you're boiling it down, you're extracting. Uh, you're you're not getting the full-fledged benefits of it because you're losing some of that. Um, the, the components of it from the heat. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It does. It does work, but it you can get a whole lot more of the components of the herb if you don't boil it in such hot on such high temperature. So one of the other things I would suggest is that you can actually put it in a bowl with a lid, put it in a bowl with some uh, lukewarm water and sit it out in the sun. It's like making uh sun tea or whatever the case maybe a jar, not a bowl, but a jar, a clear jar, put it out in the sun, let it sit there for a couple days, and then take that and bring it in, put you some honey in it and stick it in the refrigerator and then kind of sip on it for like two weeks or whatever because it doesn't have a long life. Um, considering the fact that you didn't cook it down. Now see, cooking it down, you may get it to be a little bit longer because you're gonna stick it in a mason jar, put the top on it and put it in some dark place for like however long you need it to be in. But when you don't do that and you just kinda like going strictly with the water, you wanna make sure that you don't start growing mold. Uh, You can can grow mold and make you some kombucha, you know? ain't gonna kill you ain't gonna kill you that's for sure that's another segment that we'll talk about at some point but um yeah so that's that's a way to make the syrup um i have a cup of it right now and i get to try it for the very very first time i've never tried i've never tried um cherry bark Again, I know it's not sweet, but for some reason for many, many, many years when I heard the word Terry Park, I thought of it being sweet. So let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just take a sniff of it really quickly. I don't know what to say it smells like. Has a bit of a floral taste to me. I mean a very small undertone of floral believe me when I say undertone very small undertone it's not that it's not greeny that's for sure I can almost taste if it makes sense I can almost taste the bark of it I'm sure it's a word for it but I can almost taste the bark of it interesting very very interesting yes yeah, see, I've never um, I've never tried that before that's wild I can totally see that with some honey or something just to kind of you know um, bring a tiny little bit of flavor into it because it's not very strong you know like you trace certain green teas green um, herbs be tasted bad like what is this but anyway let's get back to the set make <laughs> Um, so, uh, that's, that's one part of what it does, you know, colds, influenza, anything like that. You can drink it or you can make a a syrup out of it. It also helps with, um, sluggy digestive system. So if you're having trouble with eating or whatever, you can drink yourself a cup of that and it should promote, um appetite. Um, it's also good for you if you have some digestive problems, if you're having some you know some problems with your your stomach, upset stomach, diarrhea. If you're having any tension it's supposed to relax that those muscles. Those muscles that are tension in your stomach or in your in your mind whatever. Those muscles that are clenched is supposed to relax those muscles and to to give you the the stress relief that you need. And um, this is coming from that website that I was telling you about, um, Lavender Moon. Um, I'm gonna put it in in the in the content when I'm done with this. So um, it also talks about how um, the herb is a part of. Well, this I had already known that it was part of the rose family. So. It has the same uh, components as, not the same, but the same, um, what is the word I'd like to say about that? It shows up in the same sense as a as a rose when it comes to how because you think about it when you're when you're driving down the street and you see them beautiful as cherry blossom trees don't they make you smile? A rose usually makes us smile. If we came across a beautiful rose bush we're like dang those roses are pretty you know what I'm saying like some flowers are nice yeah okay but a rose a rose catches your attention and so does that so spiritually when we're looking at the spiritual aspects of it which we haven't gotten to yet it spiritually calls you it's spiritually warming one of those type of things. So, um, it's part of that family. So, uh, it's, na- it's native to all of North America. It grows wild throughout the United States. It grows in hardwood forests and fields. Um, it grow grows along roadsides and fence rows. Um, it prefers to be in, in Sandy, in like Sandy, areas. Um, the inner bark of the branch in the mid-summer of the fall is what you would like to in, in the mid-summer or fall is when you want to pull from it. You don't want to pull from it while it's in this full bloom. And while it's in this full bloom, um, they, they say you're supposed to pull the flowers. Um, I don't know the whole details about say because i haven't gotten to that that particular herb yet but at some point i'd love to go over it but anyway um let's see what else it says uh, i thought this was really interesting too um so you can use it while you're pregnant according to this Um, and if that is the case, then it should be okay for children. If you can use it while you're pregnant, it should be okay for children because, hey, your unpregnant, unborn child is going to be consuming it as well. So it says, do not consume the leaves. So the leaves are not something that you want to consume. Um, to make the syrup, use one part cherry bark, one part honey. On the other hand, to tincture, use four parts cherry bark and 12 ounces of water. Uh, next add eight ounces of alcohol if you use alcohol create a decoction of one ounce bark to one pint of water first bring to a boil after that steep for at least 20 minutes cover finally drink as necessary seeing this uh, this recipe says to boil it and like i said earlier some says don't so again that's where you got to do your own research figure out which way you want to go um and then, uh, here's something else that I thought was very really interesting. It says, Cherokee women used wild cherry bark to ease labor. Um, Europeans learned of the tree, medicinal properties, and therefore began the use in the 19th century. So, it was discovered by, uh, the Indians and, um, like many things, and I don't mean no disrespect when I say that, uh, it was, uh. It was taken and used in certain colonies that had nothing to do with the the Indian the Indian culture, but that's okay. You know, each one teach one. I'll say that for the rest of my life. Um, it's an anti-inflammatory. Um, it's also a bitter. It's an expectorant, um, astringent. Um, It's a nervine and and sedative, so it does relax you and get you into a good night's sleep, which means that once I get through drinking this, I'm going to go in here and probably go nice, smooth to sleep. Um... It exhibits um, activity in human cells, for example, uh, colorectal, pancreatitis, prostate, and breast cancer cells. So, they have seen a difference when people are drinking cherry bark when they have certain cancers or diseases or anything like that, which I thought was probably kind of a good thing, right? Um, so, the spiritual properties of it. So, my research, and I'm going to read what they talk about on here. My research, I Something that people used to lure in, like back in the medieval days, people would use it to lure in. I'm, oh, you know what? I need to see how long this has been around. Cause from what I heard, it was the medieval days, so they would use it to lure in lovers. Put it and put it underneath the pillow of your lover, and your lover would would be more affectionate, more loving. The sex would be greater, and then they also use it to. Uh, to turn, um, lovers, uh, like any lover who decided that he wanted to leave you, she wanted to leave you, you can use it to make dark magic, which we do not want to talk about dark magic, I don't like dark magic, I don't like that, um, because at the end of the day, if you're using dark magic, you know, you're obviously, um, I don't know, you're obviously, uh, bitter and being bitter, uh, just don't Things forward, you know what I'm saying? Like we could easily do dark magic, in, cause the shit is real. But if you're using dark magic, then life must not be good for you. You know what I'm saying? So I don't talk about dark magic. But that was one of the things that I did learn um, today when I was listening to the, um, a woman on YouTube talk about it. And um, that one thing that stood out for me is the fact that you can put it under your lover's pillow didn't necessarily stand out for me but it talked about what you could do and then also for beautiful night dreams so if you're you know you like to have beautiful uh, dreams you can put a little bit under your pillow so um some of the spiritual properties that it talks about here is lust, direction, um, frugality, favor, invisibility, magic potency. Other spiritual properties of wild cherry block includes burning as an incense while performing deviation to enhance the results, or while performing love spells. I just talked about that. To find a partner in Highland folklore, wild cherry bark have mystical qualities. Therefore, encountering one was considered auspicious and faithful wow this feminine bark is associated with the planet's venus oh my god so it's a feminine herb that's another feminine herb yesterday's herb was a feminine herb too um Comfrey is a feminine herb as well. I like feminine herbs because I can relate. I can relate to any of their the. If you really sit back and think about the things that they actually do, um, especially on the spiritual realm, you can kind of be oh I get it because as a woman we get it right. Um, what was I just that? I was writing down the word feminine. So it's a feminine herb. Uh, The feminine bark is associated with the planet Venus. Venus, that's my planet. I'm a Libra. That's my planet. And the signs of Virgo. Okay. Okay. In addition to elements of water. (laughs) So many Virgo and elements of water. I already feel like I'm tired. Um, And the Knight of Swords in the Tarot. I'm really into the tarot reading, but I would love to look that up a little bit more, see what they're talking about with that. So let's um, click out of there. And let me go into my book and see what it says, Herbal herbal healing for Women. Let's see what it talks about. I like this little book because it um, really breaks down some some things that we as women go through that you don't get to really hear about um, on a daily basis. This is a really good book. it would not be there, it would be, let's see where it would be, here it goes, all right, let's check it out, page 61. So it's oh, it's talking about syrups. So it's basically saying the same thing that we just talked about, um, uh, working with wild cherry blossom in cough and cold syrups for the throat. So it doesn't really like give anything. Um, yeah, that's all it talks about is what the herb is good for and. Uh, you can use it in a tincture, and how you can use it in a syrup, the same things that I just talked about a minute ago, because that's what this book is about, this book is strictly about different remedies that you can use with herbs, it doesn't like break each herb down, so I am going to also look at this one, and this one was written by Rosemary Gladstone, and then this one is the Master Book of Herbalism written by Paul Bayer, so let's see if we can find something. Venus, I just ran into that. These herbs are highly recommended for those sullen and unhappy, particularly when those states of distress are caused by the lack of social grace. Oh my god, that's a whole nother segment. We'll get into that. We'll get into this. This is herbs and astrology. Yes, 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 yes. Maybe I'll break up the monotony every now and then and do something like that. let do this really quickly because I don't like to go over 30 minutes. You know, um, statistics say you can hold someone's attention for maybe nowadays. It used to be, I think it was... It was like five minutes, and now I think it's only for like one or two minutes. If you ain't saying something that makes no damn sense, then people don't have nothing, don't want to be bothered to listen to what you have to say. So I'm hoping that this holds your attention for a few moments and that you're able to listen to what it is that I'm saying because in the end, all of this makes sense. And the more we know about herbs, baby, the better we off how we can put the pharmaceuticals out of fucking business and we can live a little longer. And that's why I decided to you to, to get into herbs. And now I'm even more so deep into them because I think it's important that each one teach one and we learn what we need to learn about some of these herbs. So let's see, wild. There we go. Wild cherry. 371. Let's see what it gotta say. 371. herbs which work directly upon the lungs and chest and are particularly effective in treating congestions are known as pectorals. They are used in treating bronchitis, infections, chest colds, and other respirants. That doesn't say anything to me. This book doesn't have anything in it on Wild Cherry Bark, and it's all right. It doesn't have to have anything in there on Wild Cherry Bark, because in the end of the day, I think I might have said all that I needed to say about Wild Cherry Bark. Let me see if this one has anything. I think it's pretty much going to say just about everything that I said um, about the, the herb. I'm sure if I dug a little bit deeper, I could probably find a whole lot more. But um, for the most part of it, um, yeah, I think I said everything that I needed to say about it. And I hope it helped somebody. I hope you guys are, are getting an understanding of the herb that I'm talking about in a different fashion, a whole different mind frame of it. And when you get the opportunity, go ahead and get yourself some of this wild cherry bark. A nice little glass of it after you do your research and after you talk to your doctor. I'm not telling you to do something. There I go. I don't want to be, I got to be mindful not to do that. I'm not telling you to do it, but after you do all your research and you talk to your doctor, get yourself some cherry bark and and sit back and sip on it for a little bit and kick back just before nighttime and uh, see how it works for you. uh, Tomorrow or whenever I come back with my next segment, segment, I'll let you know how this wild cherry bark works out for me right peace and blessings to you all I send nothing but light and love towards your way um each one teach one uh light and love man anything that I can conjure up in my spirit I'm sending it out to you all thank you so much for being here and listening to me this evening you guys have a peaceful well well rested evening good night